the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow here. It's a fine Monday. Hope that you're doing well wherever you are today. Getting ready for uh, Christmas time. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. A couple of questions for this hour. Did you have a Christmas gift that was your favorite uh, growing up or even as an adult? You can call and let me know. 888-528-2557. Maybe something you just enjoyed playing with or something that was the most meaningful gift that you got. 888-528-2557. In the meantime, I want to uh, make you aware that, you know, during this time, you know, there's a lot of... uh, Attention, of course, towards the kids, and it's not just to sell them stuff, but uh, also to help them get around their parents for medical decisions, and uh, I just want to make you aware of a couple of things. This is a commercial that's actually playing in uh, Great Britain, just so that you know it's not here, but it's the same kind of thing going on. This is uh, uh, Santa Claus and talking to the kiddos about uh, getting your, uh, your booster shots. It was a cold winter's eve, and someone very special was carefully checking their Christmas list for things they still needed to do. (laughs) After one too many mince pies, he slowly gets out of his chair, then quickly hurries to the local vaccination center somewhere in, um, South London. So what you're seeing in this commercial is uh, Santa Claus. And Santa Claus realizes that uh, as he's checking his list, that the most important thing is for him to get his shots. He finds a sack full of Santas from all around the world, waiting for exactly the same thing. How convenient. And who might be administering the vaccines, I wonder? Well, it's none other than Dr. Hillary, the celebrity doctor from the TV. Splendid. It was all over faster than you can say Rudolph, and Santa didn't feel a thing. Now that it's done, Santa can finally cross it off his list and get on with the important things this Christmas, like spreading joy and delivering all the presents. All right, so then Santa Claus goes off, and then there's kind of this idea, but who's that commercial for? That's really what I I heard that, and I thought, who is this for? And this is coming off some more serious things that are going around where, you know, the part of the movement in the area of uh, children's medicine today is to take parents out of the loop of lots of decisions, and in California, you if you're 12, you can exclude your parents from a lot of decisions, including uh, getting shots for different things. But there's far more serious things. Uh, and I'm not telling you to get the shot or not get the shot. I'm, I'm talking about the idea here of parents being out of the loop. I would like to know what exactly is happening with my kids. And I really don't like 
as a parent, I can tell you I'm really mad. We're going to talk about this more later in the week. There is a great study that just came out about what's going on in the American Association of uh, Pediatricians. And it's a movement to further and further distance children from their parents with medical decisions. And one example of this is in a, a toy that uh, that came out, which is just very, very interesting. Uh, do you have toys that you remember as a kid? Do you ever remember any sort of uh, toy getting that gave you any sort of medical advice whatsoever that would have excluded your parents, that would have left parents out of the loop? I remember getting a uh, pair of Superman pajamas one time, and the Superman pajamas had a note in it. I kept this somewhere. I, I really hope I can find it somewhere. But the note actually was a note to my parents. And the note to my parents was saying to them, and this, these were really cool Superman pajamas, right? Because it was, it was long sleeve and long pants. And it had the, you know, it sort of looked like Superman tights and had the big red S on it. The coolest part is it came with a cape, like a full-on Superman cape, um, which had another problem with it. If you roll over at night in a certain way, it would choke you. So that was kind of a problem. Because <laughs> you, tie, you tie a little knot around your neck. And uh, my mother, I think, saved my life one night coming in and uh, saving me from those pajamas. But otherwise, they were, they were incredibly cool. But the note to my parents that was inside this, uh, it said, Dear parents, please advise your children that human beings cannot fly. And I thought, you know what, that is a pretty good thing to put in a pair of uh, Superman uh, pajamas because, you know, you think to yourself as a kid, you know, well, maybe I will uh, just jump off the uh, roof here in my Superman pajamas and see what will happen. Uh, I never did that, never actually thought about that, but uh, it was there. That was That's the, the most I can think of any medical advice, I guess, other than, you know, don't swallow the marbles from your Hungry Hungry Hippos game and there were things like that. Today, though, things have uh, completely changed. And one of those things is in advice given to the uh, American Girl doll. Do you ever have one of these? Now, I never had one of these uh, dolls, but a woman in the Daily Signal named Virginia Allen wrote about how she got one of these dolls. And she says, I remember spending my childhood playing with uh, her doll, Josephina, and a collection of other American Girl dolls and uh, that she got from her grandmother. And uh, she remembers this very much. But now... Back then, it was a source of creative play, okay? But now there's an agenda that comes with it. Now you can get an American doll called Gender Joy. And in this, you get a 96-page, or a link anyway, to a 96-page book from American Girls, uh, that same company, that talks about a smart girl's guide to body image. And you can get it on Amazon for uh, fourth graders through sixth graders. Well, that's the, what's the age of fourth grade through sixth grade? Is that... Uh, I think that's 9 through what? 11. 9, 10, and 11-year-old girls. Okay, this is who it's targeted toward. And the whole thing that is tied into this toy doll is that the way you show your gender to the world through clothes and behavior is your gender expression. And it starts to change all of this, and it's all about being transgender. And it says being transgender is not an illness or something to be ashamed of. Uh, and if you're questioning your gender identity or if you already know for sure that you're trans or non-binary, which I'm not sure if any 9, 10, 11-year-old even know what those words mean. I, had, I, had, I took my uh, 10-year-old boy out this weekend and we had the talk, like the actual talk. <laughs> and uh, which his 13-year-old brother just spent the time at home laughing at him because he knew what was coming. And I do that. I had the talk. It went super well. But there's there's certain things that he kind of knew, but there are certain things that he didn't. And we didn't even get into this subject. 
just wasn't on his radar. I didn't want to go there. He's 10 years old. We don't have to talk about it. I do have to talk about this kind of thing with a 13-year-old because he's hearing about these kinds of things and, and uh, people are saying things. Anyway, so this this is for little girls. This comes with uh, – uh, it's part of the, the whole toy experience. So obviously for most of us as kids, we didn't have internet. We certainly uh, – you know, social media is pretty new. I don't know if you think about that, but – most of you did not have anything in social. None of you had anything in social media before 2004. wasn't a thing. And Facebook was what 2007, eight, I think, when it became something that went outside the university. And uh, you know, it was really 2013, I think, when those when when social media started to become prolific. But the internet's been around for a long time. If you are, you know, I don't know, internet wasn't a thing until I was out of college. I don't want to say that too too loudly, but uh, I, you know. You, you didn't. I had AOL 1.0 <clears throat> on dial-up. But now kids can go online and do all kinds of things with their toys. In fact, you, the kids can go online. They can download extra things for their video games. They can download extra things for the different toys that they have. And uh, here's what you get with this. It's a whole 96-page thing about this. Now, here's the point. It says, if you haven't gone through puberty yet, the doctor might offer offer you, it's talking about the transgender thing, the doctor might offer medicine to delay your body's changes, giving you more time to think about your gender identity. And if you've already gone through puberty, a doctor can still help. Studies show that transgender and non-binary kids who get help from doctors have much better mental health than those who don't. That's not true, by the way. There was a Seattle study that suggested that, and then recently, a couple of months ago, came out that everybody misread that study, that that study actually said that there's no difference in the mental health later on, uh, that it doesn't do anything for you. But here's the statement in here that is such a huge deal. I need you to listen to this. And parents or grandparents, I think that these things, I mean, you're probably personally not going to go read any of the stuff that comes with your kids' toys, right? You're listening to Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, you can also email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Here's the last line in this booklet. It's uh, not the last line, but the, the paragraph uh, on this page says, if you don't have an adult you trust, there are organizations across the country that can help you. Turn to the resources pages on 95, page 95 for more information. So, see, this is the thing that concerns me. Telling young people that if they are transgender or non-binary, loving your body might feel a bit different, it says, than it does for a cisgender person. Once again, another word that uh, most of us listening to this probably don't even understand that word. Uh, cisgender, if I even understand it correctly, is the the... Typical understanding of male and female uh, gender identity. Boys like girls and girls like boys, and that's you know how it usually works. Um, and uh, there's, of course, homosexuality, and those two things have been a thing forever. But uh, everything else, all these new genders and stuff are new that are being taught to your kids. Now, here's – but my issue here is that, once again, we're trying to skirt parents, and we're talking about giving kids drugs. We're talking about giving kids drugs that now – Many countries, by the way, have banned these puberty-blocking drugs. Great Britain has blocked them. The Netherlands has blocked them. Uh, Many European countries now are stopping, saying that it's dangerous because those studies are beginning to show that it causes bone density problems. It causes a lot of other side effects that um, obviously you're you're not thinking of when you're a 10-year-old or 11-year-old or a 12-year-old and you're getting some kind of medicine. This is why a parent's got to be involved. 
And these issues, they get really sensitive. And you're, but we're, we're creating a sense of mistrust with our kids. The last paragraph is super, this paragraph is certainly concerning. And it continues. Parts of your body might make you feel uncomfortable and you might want to change the way you look. That's totally okay. You can appreciate your body for everything it allows you to experience and still want to change certain things about it. I don't want that message about anything with my kids. I don't want my kids to feel somehow insecure about the way they look beyond the way that people feel anyway. Does that make sense? I mean, don't you feel like I think all of us sometimes feel insecure about things, even at a young age. We we have a sense. My James, when he was a little kid, he he fell off his bike. For some reason he had he had multiple falls where he landed on his two front teeth. His two front baby teeth, fortunately. And I don't know how this happened all the time, but there were like multiple falls. One time right over the handlebars, but for whatever reason he couldn't get his arms out in front of him and landed on those teeth when he was a little kid. And one of them turned completely black, just kind of died. And then the other one uh, started to go that way. We took him to the dentist and they said, yeah, these things have been hit. We got to pull them. Uh, But his regular teeth should be fine. But James was the first kid in his class to lose those two teeth. And then he lost the two next to him just sort of naturally. And so for, I don't know, this was kindergarten, first grade, he didn't have his top four teeth. He just didn't. And none of the other kids had this. And he was too young to really understand kind of the medical reason for it. And and he was just beginning to understand that your teeth fall out and that kind of thing. And I remember him as this little this little boy sort of already putting his hand up to his mouth to sort of cover his mouth when he would smile. And that there was there was a sense that he knew that he looked different, that he had this thing going. So I know that that all of us you know, we have a sense of, of body, you know, whatever we feel about how we look, those kinds of things. That's already there. But now we're talking about taking drugs and changing all kinds of things and putting those things into your, your kid's head. Like, I just can't imagine telling a kid, you know, that they they look ugly or that they're, they've got different things going on when they're so little. And there's so much pressure today to look a certain way because of what's in the media. I think a lot more pressure than we had as little kids. I don't remember ever as a little kid worried at all about how I looked. I think when I was, you know, when I got a little older and started to care about what the girls thought when they looked at me or just what I thought when I looked in the mirror and I ended up having acne and I had the dandruff and I had all the stuff as kids, you know, in junior high that all started up. And, uh, you know, it was embarrassing and I worked hard at it. And But until then, I don't think I cared. It just wasn't. It just was not a thing. I'm sure it was with with some of you maybe a little bit younger. But here we have something that is trying to take it out of – take it into something to do medically. You know, what I'm talking about is is buying something to deal with my acne and washing my face every day, which my parents were involved with. You know, why do I – why am I breaking out, Mom? Well, you should wash your face every day. And, uh, you know, we bought things like soap. Uh, and uh, dandruff shampoos and different things. Now what we have is 10-year-olds reading words like this and saying, if I don't love my body and if I want to change the parts of my body or if I just feel uncomfortable about how I look, I wonder if I'm not really a boy or if I'm not really a girl or if I like to play with dolls and I'm a boy or I like to play sports and I'm a girl. Maybe I'm a tomboy or maybe I just, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to family one day, but maybe I should have surgery and change my body physically. Um, this is a, it's a significant, a significant thing. And 
as a as a parent, the more and more I see this stuff, the more I realize that there is an agenda going on that is something that is, I think, below the radar, something that we wouldn't see. I wouldn't even know about this if somebody sent me this article. And I've got boys there, and they're not buying the American Girl dolls um, and all of this stuff. But here you have a, a company that is doing all of this stuff that was meant to be for young women, to make them more confident, to make them feel less insecure about their bodies, to make them stronger uh, women that now is saying to them, well, maybe you're not even a woman. That's just how I look at it. Well, how do you feel about this? 888-528-2557, 888 Christmas time, and you're buying gifts for your grandkids and for your... You know, pay attention to the, the materials that they're getting. Pay attention to what happens when they go online. Pay attention to the other things, because the, the toys themselves may not have anything different than you remember. Uh, and it makes me wonder, you know, if you're, if you're buying, you know, toy dolls, do they have interchangeable parts that come with it? Don't think too much about that. But, I, you know, it just I had a Mr. Potato Head, but it didn't have those parts. Do they do that now with Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head? There was some controversy about that a couple of years ago. I think maybe they started doing that. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> parents, we have to be involved, I think, in a way that we can have conversations where we talk about these things, something I'm learning. And I'm just sharing with this with you because I'm going through it as dad. My wife is going through it as a mom. It's different than when we were kids. And it is, I think the biggest thing that's different is our kids probably know a lot more about this stuff than we would have imagined even at that age. They have access to all kinds of things. I finally got the internet blocked at my house. And, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, amazing how many different things are going through your internet. And I start to wonder how much of this is, is, is us and are my, are my neighbors logging into my internet? Maybe they are. Uh, there's so many things going on, and parents, we need to get on top of it. That's one of the things that we try to do on our program, too, together. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join the conversation here on Southern California Live. You know, my dad tells this story about when he had the talk, and it's a funny story. And I think if you're if you're maybe my dad's age, maybe this is, is something uh, similar. I hardly had the talk with my parents. They asked me like two questions, and I was really embarrassed to talk about it. By then, I had already had a, you know, I was, I might have been seventh or eighth grade, so I'd, I'd figured a few things out. My dad says that the only talk he had as a kid, this would have been in the 1940s, uh, maybe early 1950s, he said his mother came in, my grandmother, he said his mom came in and sat down with him and gave him a book about chickens and said, I want you to read this book about chickens. And he reads a book about chickens, and what the book really is is it's about the birds and the bees, but he didn't get it at all. He just thought it was a book about chickens, and I'm sure it probably had something about chickens and why there's a rooster and why some eggs are just eggs and some eggs are chickens, and it probably had all that to do. And he put it down, and his mom said to him, do you have any questions? And he said, no. And she said, okay, then. And that was it. That was the only uh, sex ed he had as a kid, and he didn't get it. He had, he had no idea it had anything to do with anything other than chickens. Um, today, your children, even at a young age, are being exposed to all kinds of ideas from the toys that they're getting, from the Internet sites that they go to, from their friends, from their friends' big brothers who have a phone, or their, their friends who have a phone, where the Internet is not blocked, where they type in all kinds of things and go, hey, look what I saw, I found. And they are seeing things 
even at 9, 10, 11 years old that are, um, that are explicit, that are very detailed, and uh, parents, we got to know, and we got to be able to have conversations that I think are, are different. And that conversation needs to be one where, hey, you're not in trouble. Hey, I want to talk to you openly about these things. My day, it was sort of like, you know, you just avoid that kind of stuff, right? It just wasn't really accessible unless you really went out there and got it or somebody's dad had a stack of magazines or something. It just wasn't there. Now it's everywhere. And I think our kids aren't going to say it to us because it's kind of a uh, embarrassing topic. Um, do your best to have the conversation. 888-528-2557. Craig in Costa Mesa, welcome to Southern California Live. Good afternoon. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing fine, Craig. What do you think about all this? Well, you know what's interesting? While I was on hold, um, I see that you were playing Mark Levin's commentary, I think, from his show, perhaps on Sunday. And that's actually what I was going to refer to. Oh, I don't know what that, I don't know that. Oh, you might have been, that's what you were hearing on hold? Oh, you yes, were, correct. you were hearing a different show, not this show. <laughs> I'm going, I didn't watch oh, this. Oh, okay. Okay, well, go ahead and yeah. uh, we'll see how it fits in. <laughs> well, I was just going to point towards what he was saying, where um, if you read the, you know, Marxist manifesto, and I'm I'm not trying to create an agenda here, by but we're fascinated looking at you're kind of uh you're kind of fading out can you speak into the phone a little more clearly sorry is that better yeah much better yep yeah so anyway he was just referring to um marxism and how one of their main ways of trying to infiltrate the society is obviously to go after these the youth number two basically um downgrade uh, the role of the parents in in uh, raising children, because what happens then is that the government basically steps in and parental rights are basically out the window. And I mean, I, that's you know a simplistic way of actually talking about it, but he addressed this very thing uh, on how this is one of the ways that they infiltrate. And the current topic is this whole... Uh, idea of gender dysphoria and, and getting you know the kids even questioning who in the world they are. Yeah. So basically, that's all I was you know was going to say. So. All right, Craig, I appreciate that that uh, insight there, and I think that uh, and I got to take a break here, but I'll make this comment. It's that the thing you sometimes maybe you hear the word Marxist and you're like, okay, here we go again with all of that. But there's actually a lot of writing about the idea of having a utopian society for Marxism or different socialism and different writers at different times. And even uh, poets and philosophers like Rousseau and stuff, if you know what I'm talking about, the things that we're experiencing as a culture today did not just happen overnight. They've been happening for a long time. And the tearing apart of the family is something that is written about specifically by Mark and Engels and um, it's it's insinuated by some other philosophers and some other people that if you if you want the world to be different in some utopian way, you have to destroy the family, and uh, that's at the root of all of it. The problem, of course, is if you destroy the family, you destroy everything. I got to take a break. The number is eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. I got a question for you. What is your favorite Christmas gift? that you've got. You can give me a call. We'll talk about that when we get back. 888-528-2557. Plus, 
there's a breakthrough scientifically in energy that I think is pretty interesting. So we'll talk about that when we get back here in just a moment. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back because the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, good to be with you today. Hey, do you have a a favorite Christmas gift, something that uh, meant a lot to you, something that was just fun, something that you remember? Uh, What was it? Let me know. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Uh, I got a lot that I remember. It's fun giving gifts to my kids. Now they have all the stuff that's old and doesn't come with all the stuff. Like I gave my kids uh, last year, I got them Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Remember those? I had those, and uh, they're these. It's basically this little boxing game, and it's plastic. And you each player, there's these two robots on top of the of this little plastic ring, boxing ring, and you each player has two controls that control these little plastic guys, and they're not little. They're probably uh, six or seven inches tall. And you have a left and right puncher, and you punch each other. And then if you knock the other guy out, his his head pops up off of his neck or something. It's a spectacular game. Got that from my kids yesterday. 888, not yesterday. Don't want to spoil this year's thing. Got it from last year, I meant to say. 888-528-2557. There is a, a gift maybe to uh, to all of us when we talk about the uh, uh, a gift for all of us with uh, energy. I don't know a lot about this. Maybe we'll do a subject on it, but uh, a major scientific breakthrough supposedly has been discovered in fusion energy. Here's uh, um, this is Bill Weir on CNN trying to describe it for you. What it is, it's, it's the sun in a box. It's a man-made star. It's the little engine in Tony Stark's chest in Iron Man, if you kid watch the comic books. Oh, yes. Um, and it's the idea that it could be the perfect fuel source because it's clean, it doesn't uh, pollute the atmosphere or create climate change. The fuel source you can basically get from seawater, so we have 30 million years of the fuel here on Earth. Um, But it's really hard to make a box that holds a star. (laughs) And they've been working on this for a long time. At at Lawrence Livermore Laboratories out in California, they use the biggest lasers in the country to fire sort of these helium pellet, or excuse me, hydrogen pellets, and as they collide, they create more energy that you're putting in. And the idea is if you could create a sun in a box, it would generally generate its own energy, power cities, planes, whatever, and safe, you could extinguish it like blowing out a match. So uh, that's a interesting thing, right? Coming up, that sounds pretty cool. I think I saw that in a Spider-Man movie, right? Didn't they make a uh, reaction thing, and then uh, that guy ended up with the uh, the octopus things uh, fused to his back all of a sudden? <laughs> uh, Dr. Uh, Otto Octavius, am I just getting too nerdy with all of that? Anyway, cool thing, right, that maybe, uh, maybe the long-term thing is going to be this idea of a sun in a box. And uh, you're going to have one in your house, I guess. Would we all? How does this work? We'll get somebody on here eventually. But that's kind of the news of the day. I thought that's pretty cool. Maybe that'll be a Christmas present. You get uh, your own fusion reactor. That could be uh, like your grandkids one day. 888-528-2557. What's your favorite Christmas gift or most meaningful Christmas gift? Jackie and Compton, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Nice to talk to you. Hi, Jackie. Um, my favorite. Hi, my favorite toy as a kid that I got for Christmas, and I got it from my uncle Joe, and he actually worked for the Mattel company, so he got it before it was even out. Oh, okay, cool. it wasn't even in the stores yet. So um, all the neighborhood kids were jealous of me. It was the Chrissy doll. The doll, what she had, was she was uh, she was bigger than a Barbie, 
and she had this long hair, but she had this knob in the top of her hair, and you turn the knob, and when you turn it, all the hair can become short. So you can have long hair, short hair, and when you wanted to wanted it long, you just pull it back down. So that was my favorite, favorite toy, and especially since it wasn't even in the stores yet. And it was from my Uncle Joe, and I barely saw him, but he came over one Christmas, and he gave me this doll. And, yes, and I've had it for the longest time. Mm, do you still so, have it? I wish. I had it all the way up. I'm, I'm 55 right now. No, I'm sorry. 57. I, I'm sorry. I'm 57, <laughs> but I had it all the way till I was 42. 50. You can just say whatever. Yeah. Tradio. Yeah. <laughs> No. Yeah, but I wanted to share that. So Well, that's cool. Yeah. Did you take it to school and uh, show off and go, look what I got? My mom didn't allow me to take toys to school, but I did show it around the neighborhood. I'll yeah, tell you I'll that bet. much. I'll bet. Hey, that's pretty cool. Cool story. <laughs> Can cool I memory. share one more thing really, really quick? Can yeah. I share one more thing? Okay, go ahead. Actually, my real favorite Christmas was when I was 18, and that's because I got my own job, and I was actually able to buy gifts for my nephews, and they were little at the time, and for my mom. Mm. And it, that was my, honestly, that one, I mean, we're talking about what was our favorite gift. I guess my favorite gift then really was being able to buy with my own money, because my dad used to give me money all the time, go buy your mom a gift, but I was able to do it myself. It feels good so to that do that, me. doesn't it? When you finally oh, yes, can can do it, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, it does. Yeah, it yes. does. Okay. All right, if Jackie. I'll talk to you anytime soon. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Jackie. Thanks for listening to Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. What's your favorite gift, a gift that you have memory? Maybe what's the most meaningful? She's Jackie's right about the idea that when you finally get to this place where you can like buy your own gifts for other people, that's a lot of fun. That there's something that, you know, dad would give you money or mom would give you money to go buy something for a sibling or a friend, you know, but it it it's fine, and and if it's especially fine if you get to pick it out, right? That's meaningful. But there's something about being able to really give from what you have uh, to give to somebody else. I think that's a, uh, I think that is a a really cool thing um, that she that she brought up there. I remember that. I remember having a Christmas where I hardly got anything that particular Christmas. And it was funny to me because I remember sitting there and I was in, I think I was in college or maybe afterward. And it was like, as far as gift receiving, it was not a good year. You know, my dad used to say to us as little kids, oh, you just made it up, made out like a bandit. He always said that, which I guess meant we like stole it. What does that mean? You made out like a bandit? Don't bandits go to jail? Where does that come from? But uh, we made out like a bandit. That was all the idea if we had a good Christmas and stuff. And I remember this year is that uh, I was, I did not make out like a bandit um, or uh, anybody. I had nothing. I, I and uh, and I remember sitting there on the floor going, I think I'm done. I think Christmas is over for me. But that particular year, I did. I bought the gifts myself with money I got from a job for everybody, and it was a great Christmas. And it goes to show you that it's better to give than to receive, which Jesus tells us. And it's absolutely true. And you start to realize, you know, that there are there are gifts that you get that become more meaningful, maybe even if they're not there. I got a few of them. I guess I could share some some stories. But my grandmother on my mother's side, uh, she used to show up with this huge Cadillac. I've told this story before, but she had one of those Cadillacs that's the size of the Queen Mary. And uh, she would open up this trunk and it would just be loaded with gifts. 
un- all of them wrapped. And I have these images of going out. She'd come to visit, and there's all these gifts, and we just bring them in. And it was just me and my sister and all this stuff. I get like 12 presents from Grandma. It was amazing until I opened them. And when I opened them, I get I would get like 11. If I had 12 packages, 11 of them would be like underwear and socks and, uh, you know, different shirts to wear to school. And I'd get one lousy package of Legos, and that was it. You know, thanks, Grandma. You know, and I, as a kid, I just thought, man, why am I getting all this stuff that, you know, from Grandma? It's just always closed. It's just not that exciting. Now, as an adult, I realize that we were broke. We couldn't, I wouldn't have had clothes to wear if it wasn't for Grandma. It was so meaningful. You know, that gift was more for my parents, maybe, than for me. It was certainly for me. And I just love my grandmother for that. And, um, but one year, she gave me this, this watch, and, you know, the thing is about this watch is she spent too much money on it. It's like a, a gold watch type of thing. Not that. It's not like a Rolex or anything, but it was probably a couple hundred bucks, which was a lot for somebody. I think I was a senior in high school and there was nothing fashionable about this watch for a senior in high school. It would have been fashionable maybe if I was 50 and and it was a a famous brand and it was a kind where you have the the regular you know the 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 dials, and you've got the the minute hand, the second hand, and and the uh, all of that, and and then below it, it had a little digital readouts. So it was both digital and analog. That was cool. And the weird thing about this watch is that it kept terrible time. It just you know for the for whatever she spent on that, it just didn't work. It didn't work right. But that became the most precious gift for me because it was the last gift that my grandmother ever bought for me herself. And I got gifts later that really my mom bought on behalf of grandma. She started to have health problems and those kinds of things. But that was the last one that she actually went out and and purchased. And, you know, I, I couldn't really tell you that I even liked it that much, but I liked it that it was from her. And I still have it. And I haven't, there's no battery in it. And it doesn't matter because it wasn't right anyway. But I still keep that just because it was the last gift ever given to me by uh, my grandmother before she wasn't able to really do that. I think that's a big part of, of gift giving, right, is that there's a there's a meaningfulness. Jackie, when she called, she got it. I think she said that doll from her Uncle Joe, who she hardly ever saw, but he worked for Mattel. But I'll bet that there's a big part for Jackie where that's her her great memory of her uncle who gave her that. And that becomes a much greater part of the gift. Um, You know how they say the thought that counts? Well, it kind of does, doesn't it? All right, we'll take a break, and we'll keep answering, uh, keep taking your calls on what is your favorite Christmas gift, something you got that was meaningful, something you got that was just fun. What's your favorite Christmas gift you ever received? 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll return as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Good to be with you. What is your favorite Christmas gift that you have ever received? You got a story, something that you just really enjoyed or maybe had a lot of fun with, or something that was meaningful because of who gave it to you or because of what it meant for some other reason, 888-528-2557. You can call right now, 888-528-2557. I got to remember to say that slower. Sometimes I just, I I shoot it out there, right? And people are like, you say it too fast. 888-528-2557. And that's the number to SoCal Live. Uh, favorite Christmas gift. You've done any shopping? I, I, uh, I don't, you know, now we do so much online. 
And, uh, of course, that makes it harder to uh, hide whatever you're buying from your wife if you're sharing the same Amazon uh, account. Right? It's like, why do we? Why is that in the shopping cart? Why is that there? Hmm, so I got to figure out, you know, how to do things uh, a little bit differently. Um, you know, I think that um, I I remember a lot of uh, Christmas gifts, and that are fun. Lots of toys that I had lots of you know lots of fun with, and and uh, one time I had a box of Legos get stuck under the couch, and I didn't notice it for like a month, and uh, that was cool because it's like Christmas continued, you know, after that. And uh, I used to have like full blown Legos in in my room, and uh, a full blown Lego town. I had all the stuff going on, and I had games playing and everything, and it would go really well until my sister would come in and tear everything apart, and uh, which is bad, right? Because uh, she's not the creator. I've used that before in sermons before, if you're trying to figure out, you know, why does God have authority over life and death? And ultimately, the reason is he's the well, he's God. But he's also the creator. He's different than uh, you and I. He's the creator. And I would make the analogy. It doesn't, it's not perfect. But it's the idea that, you know, I used to create these Lego cities in my room. And I had families and people who lived in different places and people who worked in different places. And, and uh, you know, as the if I wanted to have a tornado come through and destroy the Lego city, uh, that was fine because I'm the one who built it. I was the creator. But if my sister were ever come in and destroy the Lego city, it was not okay. Uh, she would get in trouble for that. It would be a terrible thing, and she did that a couple of times. And uh, she got in trouble for doing the exact same thing that I would have done. What's the difference? The difference is I was the creator, uh, and it was mine, my city. In the same way, if I went in and messed up her Barbie dolls or whatever, I would get in trouble. That's uh, There's just uh, some theology in there for you about why Genesis 1 through 3 matters so much. What's your favorite Christmas gift? 888 528 Two five five seven. Chris in L.A., welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, Scott. You Hi, know, Chris. any adult that's ever stepped on a Lego in the middle of the night going to the bathroom rues <laughs> the day they ever gave those things to anybody. That's, that's absolutely true. Uh, and we've said some things we've had to apologize to the Lord for in, in that yeah, same process. Right. Yes. So I got two little, one little story and then my main story. The little one is uh, we just went out and bought a Christmas gift, my wife and I. We had to buy a little radio, and it's your fault. Because when we come home, you know, we want to sit in the chair, and I need a radio there to catch your show. So you made me buy a radio for Christmas. Oh, well, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for that, Chris. <laughs> but the all-time greatest gift that I ever got when I was a kid, um, I want to say about 11 years old, I saw a boy playing a drum, a single snare with a little cymbal attached to the side of it. And I was so excited by that, and I begged my mom to buy me this little snare with a cymbal that was out of Woolworths. Uh-huh. This dates me. goes way back. And she said, there's no way, no way it could possibly be done. Hold a gun to my head. It's never going to happen. And so I kind of thought, well, my dream is dead on arrival. But Christmas morning, I came out. And the living room was lit by just the Christmas tree lights, and there was a full five-kit drum set. Blue, sparkle, cymbals, everything. And I could not believe it. In fact, I... <laughs> Uh-oh, you there? I didn't even touch it. Oh, go ahead. You know, because I thought the, the whole bubble would burst. Uh-huh. But, you know, it, it wasn't just the drums. which they bought for me was an identity to hang my adolescence on. Now, I was a drummer. Yeah. And it gave me the whole point focus. 
it put ballast in the ship, and it uh, sent me in a lifelong musicianship uh, journey that I'm still on to this day. You still play the drums today? Yeah, I, well, I've actually graduated from drums. Now I'm a bass player, guitar. And like any old musicians, I just collect instruments. They're right. all over the house. Uh-huh. But I sure punished my parents because I learned to play drums in an apartment <laughs> building with two-inch walls. Right. You punished them or you punished your neighbors who punished them later. <laughs> exactly. Right. But it was the greatest. All right. That's a cool story. Thanks, Chris. And thanks for listening to Southern California Live. All right. Um, are you getting drums for your kids? Is that a, is that a cool thing? You know, uh, I, I've tried to... Uh, he might be listening, you know, but, uh, John, you know, we kind of moved him away from the drums if we can. They make electric ones now that you can kind of beat on and you wear the headset and uh, you can do that. But that's a cool gift. Lots of people. I knew lots of kids who got drums. Uh, I had a trumpet. I don't think I got it for a Christmas present, though. I just got it because I wanted to play the trumpet. I played that for a long time. And then, like, then I got braces and it was just very difficult to play. And uh, I still have that. Don't really play it much, but I uh, I got it. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. What's your favorite Christmas gift? Something that you got a story that you can tell with it. Something that might be meaningful. A couple of minutes left here. Weirdest gift that I got, which turned out to be amazing, was... Now, we're we're kind of dating ourselves a little bit here, but I am the last... My, my class in high school was the last one to ever have typing class on typewriters, right? They started going in with the computers next. Um, so I didn't really have a computer till much later. Uh, but I had to start typing papers and doing that kind of thing. And one morning I got, I wanted a computer. I wanted like an Apple computer, right? That's what I wanted. I, I got up one morning, it was still dark, and I felt, I felt the keyboard down there. And uh, I thought, oh, I got it. Turned on the lights and it wasn't that. It was a typewriter with a little digital, tiny little like three-inch digital screen. We could actually type a bunch of stuff in and then correct it and then hit print. And it would and then it would like type it on the paper. It was a word processor, we called it. Boy, I was bummed about that. I remember trying to be nice, like what kind of a gift is this? Turned out to be one of the greatest, most thoughtful gifts. And uh, I love that, that my parents thought that would be okay, because I would not have thought so. But it was one of the coolest gifts I ever got, uh, something useful and uh, and meaningful. Uh, Penny in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, this is Penny. Yeah, go ahead, Penny. Yeah, I called here before. But uh, my favorite, it wasn't a toy. It was, I got it, you know, when I was adult, I think I was... In my twenties or so, I uh, I got an auto harp. You heard of an auto harp? Well, yeah. Go ahead and explain what that is. An auto harp. You set it on your lap, but you know I learned you put it uh, on your shoulders. But it's uh, you know you 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 press the buttons. Yeah. And then it's automatic, and then you press the string like the G, like your G chord. Uh, it's an automatic. Uh, I don't know how to explain it that well, but you, you like your G chord, you press okay. your, butt, your G button. It's a musical chord. instrument, yeah. Yeah, and, and you press it, and then you play like your G chord, your F chord. Yeah. And But anyway, that's what I got. I think I was in my 20s. Huh. And I got that for Christmas. Well, that's a cool gift. That's really cool. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Penny, thanks for calling and uh, sharing with us with that. 888-528-2557. Michelle in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. 
Hi. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Michelle. What's your favorite uh, gift or Christmas story? Well, I was listening to um, the, the not the very last caller, but the gentleman about the drum. Yeah. And it reminded me, we have so many. I was, I'm just blessed. And it just so many Christmas stories. But it reminded me of this one. A few days before Christmas, there was this huge box under the Christmas tree, and it had mom on it. And there's four of us, and my dad told us, he said, I got your mom a, a uh, TV for Christmas. Don't tell her. Don't tell her. So we were so excited. My, my siblings and I, we were so excited. So Christmas, early Christmas morning, my mom began to tear the paper off the box, and she told my little brother, the baby boy, she says, come over here, Daryl, and help me. And he began to help her, and then she just stood back. Now, he's fascinated with drums at this time. Now, we're talking about 45 years ago. Fascinated with drums. He was in junior high school looking to join the drum line with the famous Lock High Saint band, marching band, which he did and became one of the number one drummers, became one of the number one drummers in our church, you know, circle. Uh But anyway, he opens the box and he stands back and there was this glare on his face. And the rest of us is like, we're like, what, what, what? And he starts crying and we're like, what, what? A full set of drums for him. Wow. It was not a television. And the whole house just erupted in tears and laughing and screaming. And we were just so happy for my brother. And he, in high school and during his college years, he was one of the best drummers in our city. That's really a great story. That's a great story, Michelle. Amazing how a simple gift can really set a, a life in a certain direction. Isn't it? Yeah. It really is. Yep. It really is. Yes. Thank you for the opportunity to share my story. Uh, you're welcome, Michelle. Thanks for listening to Southern California Live. Hey, that's a that's a pretty cool story. Just remember that when you're out there, you know, sometimes uh, it's hard to figure out what if you're getting somebody a gift. But, you know, it really is the thought that counts. And you never know what that little thing, you know, sometimes it's just going to mean something because it came from you. And I think that we are made as we mature, even in Christ, to become people who are givers. Because at the end of the day, I don't think that Jesus minds that much that we give everybody else gifts on his birthday. Um, I think that he wants us to remember, though, that the greatest gift we have, of course, is the gift of Jesus Christ, the gift of the Savior. And that's the most meaningful thing that we have. And as you give gifts and you think about it, make sure that's part of the story. Invite people to your Christmas Eve service or whatever you do to make sure that they understand that story. I got to take a break. We'll be back next hour. We'll talk about new mayor in LA and uh, some different things that we know about that that's meaningful for the whole state. And uh, we'll be back as Southern California uh, Southern California Live continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.